Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, from the Backburner podcast is sponsored by Birch Barrel. Uh, visit birchbarrel.com. Uh, check out the full line of products, including the, the V2 barrel. Um, live fire cooking is... Uh, so fun, so versatile, especially with with this. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's it's not. It's more than just a grill. It's more than just a a smoker. It's more than a roaster. It's more than everything um, that you could use for for cooking meats. But uh, yeah, go to Birch Barrel and check them out. They've got uh, not only the the V two, which is out now, as well as tons of accessories and spices and knives and and cutting boards. Y- you name it. I mean, it's it's really just. Uh, everything you possibly need. Um, and if you are looking for something, you want to pick something up, you can use my promo code burner, B-U-R-N-E-R at checkout, uh, for a 10% discount. Welcome back everyone to another episode of from the Backburner podcast. My name is Jonathan O'Dell and I am your host. Um, I'm continuing, uh, my, I don't even know how many podcasts this will end up being. Um, but, uh, as I continue my tour through England, um, uh, on this wonderful rainy day, um, great typical English weather. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, uh, today's episode is going to be just a little different um, because uh, so for the past couple of days, I've been traversing what used to be known as as the Great North Road. Um, this is a, a a medieval road that that traversed between uh, London and York. This was this was the major trade route. Uh, here in, in England between those two uh, great cities. And, and uh, if, you're, if you're at all familiar with the Great North Road, um, you know that it traversed through a rather uh, legendary forest known as Sherwood Forest. And, uh, you know, Sherwood Forest had a, had a lot of, of reputation. And one of the things uh, that, that Sherwood Forest was known for was this was the royal hunting forest. Um, uh, it was well over a hundred thousand acres. Um, just, a, just an enormous ancient old forest, um, had been there for a very long time. And, uh, you know, the, the, the market place owners who were, who were traveling, um, selling goods between the two, uh, they had to be careful because there was, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, rumors about robbers living in the, in the forest and all that. But, um, if, if any of you know, or have heard about which I'm sure you have, um, Sherwood forest had a very famous, um, I don't, I don't want to use the word outlaw, but, um, I think that's, that was kind of the, the appropriate word for him. But, uh, uh, the, the legend of, of Robin hood who lived in Sherwood forest, and, uh, so I didn't think, I didn't think it was right to, to not explore the idea of Robin Hood a little bit more, uh, while I was over here, just because I, I know it plays heavily in, in the American, uh, hunting psyche. And, um, so today I find myself in the fabled city of Nottingham, uh, here, uh, along that, that great North road. Um, and so I, I wanted to find an expert, um, 
that we could we could discuss a little bit about whether or not uh, I have the right view or, or you at home have the right view on uh, Robinhood himself. And so I am joined today by uh, uh, the the living embodiment of Robinhood here today in Nottingham. Uh, he goes by several names, but uh, uh, to start with, his name his given name is is uh, Aid Andrews. Um, who is also uh, known as uh, his stage name or, or theatrical name of uh, Ezekiel Bone, um, who uh, who provides uh, a lot of, of history and knowledge about Robin Hood here uh, in the city of Nottingham um, through uh, uh, tours that he actually provides uh, here in the city. And and so uh, I know he was he was first on my list. I was like, this is the guy who I need to talk to as far as a. Uh, a history buff of, of Robin Hood and, and knowing uh, a, a bit more about him, but as well as, as what it, that means today um, in the bigger things. So uh, I want to welcome and, and introduce you to, to, to Aid Andrews. Aid, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you, my friend. Yes. Yeah. Good to be here. Good to be speaking to you. Yeah. yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I, I, I appreciate the fact as well as that to we, uh, uh, you wanted to meet here at the, at the Cross Keys pub. Um, here in, in Nottingham, is this this a, a, a favorite haunt area of of, of Nottingham uh, for a long time? Or yes, well Nottingham's a great city. It's full of great pubs. So when I thought I'd get the Robin Hood Town Tour off the ground, there's only one place to start it, which is the Cross Keys, uh, and there's only one place to finish it, which is the trip to Jerusalem, the oldest pub in England. Right. So uh, I mean, what what more could a day tripper or a tourist want? You know, going to uh, the fabled town of Nottingham, going on a tour with Robin Hood, and then finishing for beers at the oldest inn in England. Yeah. I and mean, that's a package, isn't it, really? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Cross Keys is a real cool uh, old school British boozer, you know, so it's a pleasure to start my tour. So I've been doing the Robin Hood Town Hall tour here since uh, 2012, um, but drinking here for, well, 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know um, in in reading a little bit about your history. I mean, you um, before we, I think we dig into the the meat of it. Um, you you saw that Nottingham really wasn't taking advantage of a of a, of a tremendous opportunity about uh, their history and and all that to showcase you know more about the city. Correct or. You've uh, hit the nail on the head, and there's a massive gap in the market. And um, yes, uh, Nottingham has failed with the uh, concept of Robin Hood, uh, because what we have here is a global brand, but with no products, really. Right. If we were in America, and he was from America, he'd be bigger than Mickey Mouse, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd be, be sick of him by now. <laughs> be all over the place, you know, yeah, restaurants, clubs, you know, his shops, roller coaster rides. Uh, but uh, here in Nottingham, not really to be seen. So there's a gap in the market, which I've been filling with my own enterprise. The spirit of enterprise really is, um, you know, taking 30 years, but that's why I'm here today speaking to you now as Robin Hood for the 21st century. That's, that's correct. Yes. Um, I, 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 love, I love that concept of Robin Hood still being alive and well today. Um, because that's, to me, that's, if, if, if you were to look at Robin Hood from one aspect and say, okay, he just lived in a certain time and period, um, the legend of that man uh, lives on completely. I mean, like, like it is, it is a fabled famous story that, that won't die. Um, 
by any means. Um, and I think, you know, part of that is because of uh, not only, you know, who he was or, or the stories about him. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe like several legends and myths, you know, like uh, the, the story becomes bigger than the man himself. Um, and, and it carries on, but, uh, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those stories that's been told in, in Hollywood and <laughs> stuff for, you know, I think, I don't know if it was one of the earliest movies that, that, uh, um, you know, Hollywood had ever made and, and then just kept remaking, um, as it went along. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it seems to me, yeah, the, the story of Robin Hood, it, there's, there's something about what he, he, who he was and what he stood for. Um, that just continues to live on. I think it just speaks to people in a way. Well, yes. I mean, there's a lot of things in what you've just said there, but uh, you're dead right. I mean, Robin Hood is the first superhero, isn't he? Because uh -huh. um, it's uh, one of the, uh, the greatest stories ever told, isn't it? Um, without a doubt. And uh, yes, it was one of the first themes to be picked up uh, by Hollywood and done a regular, you know, a sort of uh, turnover. Um, so, but let me see. <laughs> Behind the Romnid legend, it's this, that Romnid really was created by the people. So he's a symbol of the spirit of the common people. Right. And he's evolved over time, the legend has, from the medieval Robin Hood into the current day and gone through many stages of evolution, chapters of evolution, if you will. And, but he's always evolved as part of the uh, innate goodness within man. So it's a very human story, and it's um, us projecting positive ideals onto a figurehead, isn't it? Yeah. Truth, justice, charity, charity, freedom. These are all deals that everyone around the whole world wants, aren't they? Yeah. You know, so behind Robin Hood, it's this, that he is the spirit of the common people rising up to fight tyranny and injustice, to fight the good fight, to make the world a better place, where all are equal, you know, and all, you know, uh, and all survive. This is the dream behind Robin Hood, and that's a timeless and universal message, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, you know, this is why the story appeals to people from all over the world. It's a global good news story, isn't it? So, yes, I mean, did Robin Hood exist? Did he not? I mean, that's a massive debate, isn't it? It's fascinating. Um, but, yeah, Robin Hood, let me see. Well, well, we'll come across that, actually, about Robin Hood. But, yeah, he's an he's a anthropomorphic personification. Yeah. He's a people-shaped idea, isn't he, yes? Yeah. And it's almost as if the people of medieval Engl England willed Robin Hood into being as an expression of their desire for a freedom when a time when most were in shackles or chains, you know. So, uh, yes... It's a fascinating, that, that's my expertise. I mean, people say I'm an expert in Robin Hood. I don't know all the factual dates. And you, you can't know everything about Robin Hood, but mine's a practical application of the character in the 21st century. So I've got a lot of knowledge. Right. It's exploring the tangents in between the knowledge and trying to get the, um, the aesthetics and the ethos of the legend, but, but living in the world today. Sure. So that's my work, you know. Uh, so I've chucked a lot of stuff at you there. <laughs> so I don't know whether it's answered your questions or not, but we're chewing the fat here, aren't we? Yeah. No. And that's and that's that's precisely it. It's. It, I think you can, if you you know, go back into historical archives or whatnot. You you do find uh, 
several stories about Robin Hood. Um, you know, some, some of, some of what Robin Hood lives in, in some people's minds are, are based on either, you know, the Errol Flynn movies or, or the, I mean, it's, it's, it's adding or subtracting a little bit, you know, in every single way, um, you know, little details, um, because I've heard, you know, I mean, there's, there's folks who call him Robin of Loxley or, or Robin the Hood, uh, you know, um, there's, there's a lot, some, whether or not he wore the, the famed hat, uh, or not and, and what color it was, um, you know, and, and all those things. It, and equally as much, there's, uh, the, the, the characters around him, uh, you know, uh, little John or, or Maid Marian or Friar Tuck or, you know, some of their, their myths and, and, you know, what gets added or subtracted in those stories, um, you know, change, change a little bit, but kind of those solid centerpieces, uh, about him stay, you know, in one form or another. Yes. Um, let me see where to begin. There are, um, on my, uh, Robin Hood town to explore the evolution of the city. Um, but obviously the evolution of the legend of Robin Hood set against the backdrop of the evolution of the city. So it's quite a highbrow thing. But it's... Um, who was Robin Hood doesn't really concern me. What does Robin Hood mean, I think, is more important. What does it mean today? Uh, and I believe that, as do many leading experts, um, think, say that Robin Hood was a composite hero. There wasn't one, there was many Robin Hoods. So the legend was conjured up out of the, the people of the day through the gossip or whatever. Um, so the original Robin Hood is brought to life in, the 12th, in between the 12th and the 15th century uh, through ballads, the story songs of the day, yes? Passed down from generation to generation by word of mouth, which sang of this hooded man who lived in Sherwood Forest and who killed the king's deer who robbed the fat bishops and played tricks on the sheriff and raised a one-fingered salute to the powers that be. And so these were very popular amongst the peasant classes So he talked to people causing trouble with the law, yes? And so that's the, really the origins, the real Robin Hood, all those threads of those bits of gossip coming together. And the telling and retelling of those bits of gossip, as years turn to decades, these ballads crystallize out of the gossip of the day, yes? Singing the hero come save a day a time when most were in chains. So who wouldn't want a hero to come and save the day? Right. So this generic hero, Romney, was willed into being by the people. And that magic. So chapter one brought to life in ballads. Chapter two, the May Games in the 16th century breathes more life into it. That's where Maid Marin and Friar Tuck join the legend. Yeah. We'll talk more about that later. But chapter three is the gentrification of the legend in the end of the 16th century. That's when the peasant becomes a nobleman. That's the hands of one of William Shakespeare's rivals called Anthony Munday, who writes a play called The Downfall of Robert, Earl of Huntingdon. And he does that to make the peasant outlaw appeal to the ruling classes, to the gentry. He does actually want their patronage and he knows they secretly admire him. They admire him because he lives free in the forest and his servants are no man. And they're having problems with the crown over property rights. So they secretly admire Robin Hood, but since he's a peasant, they can't really openly admire him. But Monday sees this and writes a play to appeal for their patronage. 
And that makes Robin Hood the Earl of Huntingdon, nobly born. And this is the literary evolution of the legend. And so up into the, into the, uh, the 17th century, there's uh, more, many more Robin Hood ballads written, where he's always um, nobility now. But it's not until 1819 when a novelist, Sir Walter Scott, writes Ivanhoe, and he places the Robin Hood character after being inspired by Monday's play, he writes him into his Ivanhoe novel, which is already halfway through. The first um, historical novel. But he's on holiday in Sherwood Forest, at Fountaindale House in Blyddith, and he hears the local legend of Robin Hood. So enamored by this character, he starts writing him into his Ivanhoe novel, which is why the Loxley Archer character only appears about halfway through. So you heard about him on his holiday. Isn't that great? This book was the Harry Potter of the day, yes? But he makes him a crusader knight, fighting with King Richard the Lionheart to recapture the holy city of Jerusalem from the hands of Saladin and the Muslim hordes. Makes him a crusader knight, coming back to England to find yeah, war-torn and battle-weary, to find his beloved England in the hands of the wicked Prince John, who's oppressing the native Saxons and the absence of his brother, King Richard the Lionheart. Now, you're probably familiar with that story now, aren't you? Because yeah. all the films use this storyline, don't they, yes? Yeah. That was the, yeah, as I say, the Harry Potter of his day. Everyone believed it to be true. So she's the power of that story. The whole world still believes Robin Hood to be a crusader knight. I mean, of King Richard the Lionheart, the Earl of Huntington, born of Loxley. Yeah. But all that is part of the literary construction on top of the original medieval birth of Robin Hood from the people. Well, you know, it, it, it's that's that's a, a great kind of timeline, you know, to 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 put him into perspective. I think, um, you know, to to give you just a, a a little smattering of where this plays into into uh, the American hunting psyche. You know, uh, obviously the the one truism throughout all those um, was that. He, he at least was an archer of, of some renowned, whether or not he was, I, I would, I would assume he was a longbowman. Um, generally that's roughly around the time when the, when the English longbow, the, the most formidable weapon, I think for, for a good couple centuries, <laughs> you know, was, was developed. The, the, the English longbowmen were, were renowned because that longbow, uh, some estimates, you know, made out of a yew tree, uh, were anywhere from 50 to 180 pounds of pole uh, to be able to fire them. I mean, they were they were six feet tall. Uh, you know, uh, uh, an arrow at least half as long uh, to to use them, and so that that really uh, you know put put them on the map in terms of of famed archers. You know, as it, as it goes along, and I know at least in America, oftentimes the perspective given to Robin Hood is that that he's the world's most famous poacher for that, you know, the, the charitable part, taking the, the, the King's deer, um, which would have occurred in Sherwood forest because that was the, the Royal hunting grounds. Um, and then, uh, giving that meat, it wasn't, wasn't solely just about, I knew some of the stories did talk about, you know, robbing bishops and, and, you know, giving that back to the, the people. But certainly I think, you know, the, the food aspect, because one of the things that we know, um, at least in, in, uh, America, when, when, folks were immigrating to the new world. Um, 
one of the, the most astounding parts that they would hear the rumor mill, you know, coming back here to Europe was that they eat game in America. It's everywhere right out your front door and it's, and it's free for you, you know? So th- that, that was kind of a, a symbol of wealth um, and riches um, that, that America was, was just, it's full of game. It's endless. It's a limitless game, you know, <laughs> and it wasn't owned by the King and, and those kind of things. So uh, y- you know, that really kind of plays in because they, I think that's one of the fundamentals because wildlife was a public resource in America and still is, um, you know, we, we look at the European model almost solely based off of England where it's the King's deer, you know, and, and, and you're not allowed unless you have permission, um, you know, to take that where it's, it's, it's a public resource, um, over there. And so that's, that's, I think where, Robin Hood elevates in some ways um, within within some of the American psyche of of yeah we're not doing that you know but but he's kind of a he's he's one of the he's one of the things that we despise which is poaching uh, and at the same time you know a, a, a hero of sorts um, because he was doing it against you know the the, the kingdom or, or the king you know to to, to feed the people so. Yeah, again, uh, a real open-ended thing there. Let me see. Uh, let's go back to the beginning with this. Um, before the conquest, um, the Wild Wood, the area to the north of Schnottingham, or Nottingham as it is today, uh, the Wild Wood, um, clumps of uh, giant oak trees, open hills of heathland and grassland, you know, deer, stag, boar, it's a great resource, um, which is why King Snot settled here in 868 AD. But the... Uh, the Wildwood and the giant rock where Nottingham Castle now stands. That's why William the Conqueror built their castle here in uh, the early conquest period because of the great jagged rock, the transport on the river, the fertile alluvial soils of the river valley for farming. And of course the Wildwood as well, a great resource. And the Wildwood, giant oak trees, a great source of revenue. There's relatively poor early medieval kings and um, for hunting as well, but also gifts of um, meat to their barons as well is a good source of revenue for them, wasn't it? Or gifts, yeah. you know, favors, etc. So, um, but yeah, on the conquest, the Wildwood, the woodland of the Shire, Shirewood, Sherwood, became a royal hunting forest and everything within it was the property of the king. And of course, uh, very strict laws protected the king's property. So the Saxons couldn't cut down the trees, they couldn't hunt the game. And they couldn't even pick dead firewood off the forest floor in some parts of the forest. So if they're caught red-handed, you know, caught with the blood of the king's deer on their hands, right. term you guys use, yes? Yes. Um, more generically, to be caught in the act of committing the crime in the modern day, yes? Um, uh, they were, well, well, put to death, crippled, tortured... Uh, use your imagination. Right. Yes, indeed. And so that's why people chose to live. If a person uh, was called for charges on six occasions and uh, didn't go to face, uh, let's face it, a, a Saxon going to a Norman court wouldn't stand any chance. Bribery, corruption, you know, so they'd stay away. And if they were called on six occasions and didn't go to the court, then they'd branded an outlaw. So they lived outside the law. And of course, this is the, uh, it's amongst these people who have uh, got the origins of the, uh, the Robin Hood legend, haven't we? Yeah. And most of these outlaws would have been desperate and dangerous, cutthroat criminals. You know, st- you know they would have robbed and killed anyone who crossed their path. But uh, out of these outlaws, this uh, good hero was to rise up. What else do I need to explore in your uh, 
question you gave me, not your, what, where do we go from here? Right. Pick this, what else, what else are you looking for from me? Well, I, I, I find it, I, you know, obviously. With this thread I was on or Yeah, we, we, you know, we, we think about where, where Robin Hood goes from here. The uh, longbow as well. Yes, you did write about the longbow, returning to that thing we mentioned earlier. Sure. Uh, you mentioned earlier. Of course, that didn't become interesting about... We have a composite hero here and a composite legend. And as you touched on earlier, uh, all the good bits of previous stories or folk memory became woven together over time. Right. And that's why the Robin Hood legend is such a intricate tapestry of myth and history. Fact and fiction woven over centuries. So trying to eke out the truth is, that's been my job, really, and trying to, well, as close as I can get to the truth, and try and manifest the, that process in the modern day through other works, but that's uh, another story. Where was I going with this? I've got no more saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, so Agincourt, 1415, that's when the longbow became the weapon of England, when a smaller number of uh, English soldiers, vastly outnumbered by uh, French nobility, they brought them down with the longbow, so it became the weapon of England after uh, Agincourt, 1415. And it was only in the 15th and 16th century, Robner was developing himself. So it's only as that becomes a weapon of England that Robner becomes the, well, he's going to be the, He's the hero of all England, the champion archer of all England. So that's a later development, really, in the Robin Hood yeah. legend. But still, uh, this idea of a, a poacher on the king's um, uh, in, in the king's territory—that's a great idea, isn't it? it? Appeals to us all. It's yeah. part of the uh, the myth of the uh, outlaw, isn't it? The highwayman, yeah. the the vagabond. Yeah. We all like these dark characters, don't we? Yeah. It's interesting. Talking of Robin being a dark character, the the chapter one ballad sees very the opposite of how we see him today. In the modern day, he's a uh, nobleman, and he's a crusader knight, the Earl of Huntingdon, born of the village of Loxley. In some stories, it's in the Michael Prade series from England, ITV, nineteen eighties. Oh. Fantastic, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But there's more uh, paganism woven into that, isn't there? So in the modern day, there's, he's a nobleman and there's pagan connotations. The original Robin Hood is a peasant and he's a devout Christian. So that's where the magic is, the evolution of the character from this to that over 800 years of English and European history. But the original Robin Hood in these ballads, he's a real cutthroat criminal. Um, and there's real blood and guts and, you know, thirsty bloody tales say for example uh, in the ballad of Robin Hood and Guy Gisborne who's the bounty hunter sent to kill or capture Robin Hood Robin Hood kills him once he has killed him he hacks off his head plucks out his eyeballs lacerates his face with his knife so he's unrecognisable sticks his head on a stick and he carries it around as a trophy so these are very violent tales, yeah. which uh, it's funny how they're family stories today, isn't it? Or kids' <laughs> stories, yes? Yeah. These original ones, real horrific tales. And that's just a reflection of the brutality that was commonplace in people's lives, wasn't it? In the early conquest period. Yeah, he, he, 
his his legend. I mean, yeah, I I I hadn't put you know that together. Um, you know the the transition um, from you know the 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 peasant Christian to the uh, the the more pagan perspective. Um, you know, conqueror wh- where he learned those archery skills, where he, where he became such a, a skilled archer. Um, to to touch on that um, earlier, you had you'd mentioned the May Games. Um, and I, I think this plays heavily into a lot of the stories because that was the, the, the way the sheriff of Nottingham could, could lure Robin Hood in, uh, here to the city, um, to compete because, because he wanted to prove he was, you know, the, the, the best archer. It was the only way to, to show that yes, positively this was Robin Hood because he was the best archer of the day. Um, and, and so what, let's go, what, what are the May games, um, as it, as it were? Medieval men were farmers, and they watched the had the farmer's calendar, didn't they? And that was the they watched the turning of the seasons, was going to want to sow their seeds and to reap their harvests. So the May Day was uh, when they welcomed the return of the summer sun back to the land after the long, cold, hard days and nights of winter time, and all the hard work had been done of ploughing the fields and sowing the seeds. And so you know, in February, March, and April, so all the hard work had been done. And on the May Day Games, they'd have uh, this celebration. And there's the biggest rite or custom in Tudor England, and one of the main dates on the farmer's calendar. Then, of course, at the end of the summer period, they'd have their harvest fair, wouldn't they? When they'd done all the hard work of plowing all the golden harvest, um, cutting down the golden harvest, as it were. So, um, yes, and that was when people would come together in celebration. Look forward to a long, hot, hot summer. So it was a, and a golden harvest at the end of it. So it was a time of hope and merriment. And that's when, really, that's in the 16th century, that's when Robin Hood was being brought to life for the first time. That's the chapter two, when he steps out of the people's imagination. Yeah. And he's uh, brought to life by young men um, to emulate their hero. And with little wooden swords, they um, bring to life, you know, mock combat plays, bring to life the ballads. So they'd been passed down from generation to generation. So that's Robin Hood brought to life. And it's through the May Games that uh, Maid Marian really enters the legend. Because the background to all this is the... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Renaissance, yeah. where romantic tales were the fashion of the day. And in chapter one, there's no sweetheart in Robin Hood's life. By the 16th century, it's about time you had to, to go with the fashion of the day. Yes, a sweetheart. Right. Made Marinette that enters the legend, sort of inspired by the French tradition of pastorelles, oh. which are from the 13th century. And they were French poems which influenced the French minstrels in the court those songs being played in England in the Norman English courts weren't they sure so that's where Mary, Maid Marian enters legend and often often that the uh, the May games were were essentially set up they it was you know some of it was to show off skill and and all that um 
there there was some level of archery competition um and then tied into the story is that was that was part of it i've seen at least a few times where it was whoever won the archery competition you know won the hand of maid marion <laughs> for marriage or 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 whatever it was um as you as you go along but that was yeah it was it was to show the most skilled archer in the land and of course at that particular time 1500s or so uh kind of dead center in the middle of that that longbow um kind of dominance uh you know within within england and within the world i mean this was a, a formidable weapon for sure and 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 a, and a formidable it, tool very much so it was the uh, machine gun of its day wasn't it yeah it made all men equal on the battlefield because a common man with a longbow could bring down a, a knight in his armor on horseback yeah it was something like six arrows per minute uh yeah with a the, skilled archer uh, and a range in, of in about the, in the air at the same time yes yeah. i mean these numbers do vary don't they yes. sure yeah uh, but yeah certainly it's i've heard, heard 10 but six to ten arrows in the air you know um uh, with in a minute yeah. uh, etc so and depending on the archer the distance um you know could be 400 yards or more yes indeed i mean i'm no expert archer i do archery but uh, words and ideas are my weapons in the yeah. in the modern day but uh yes the um the dominance out on the on the battlefields Throughout medieval England, for medieval England, yeah, incredible. Mm. So, um, you know, in 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 thinking about um, Robin, I I think a lot of my listeners would be would be interested to know it's something I I actually discovered recently um, that uh, archery hunting um, here in England uh, has been outlawed. Uh, <laughs> people are allowed to own bows uh, and and shoot them recre- recreationally, but uh, apparently, um, Robin Hood would be even more of an outlaw today, um, with with the banning of of uh, archery as a, as a legal method of take for deer. Yes, we don't have obviously expanses of uh, wild um, public yeah. uh, land that you do. Uh, obviously, after the Reformation, Sherwood Forest was carved up into uh, uh, five ducal estates, um, which still own the land now. These are private estates. And the, the country park where you went uh, the other day is uh, leased off uh, Rufford. Yeah. Thorsby Estate, forgive me. Uh, Rufford's a neighbouring estate. Um, so yeah, there's certainly no hunting there. I mean, Sherwood Forest is a triple SI. Right? It's a special scientific interest. Um, so a very fragile land, which has been looked after. But in the wider Sherwood Forest landscape, which a lot of is fir plantation or farmer's fields, golf courses, etc., uh, there's no hunting anywhere. Right. Basically, so it is a outlawed here. Yeah. Um, you do get the occasional um, old school families, maybe travellers or people with dogs um, hunting smaller game, you know, rabbits, but that's uh, not welcomed. Right. No. Uh, so often, it's it's interesting in visiting the kind of the remnants of Sherwood Forest there, the 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 plot I went to, you know the. The trees that are there. Um, there's, there's obviously the one big famous tree, uh, Major Oak, uh, which is estimated between 800 and 1100 years old, um, and and several other oaks that are that are probably pushing close to to, to Major. Major Oak is is by far the most incredible um, oak tree I think I've I've ever witnessed. Um, with it, just it would take 
five to six people um, hand in hand to be able to, to, to hug around the base of this tree um, and, and, and a lot of other ones, but it's, they're, they're beautiful in their twisted, gnarled, aged, weathered form. Um, you know, some of the, it's the, the thing that, that I think a lot of American hunters get and and all that stuff, there was, uh, there's a few dead trees, obviously, you know, they'd fallen over and stuff, but even, even in that death, um, that's, it's, it still has a life. It's still alive. I mean, there's, there's mushrooms growing, there's, there's animals using it for, for homes and food and, and all that other stuff. And, and so it's, it was, it was great to be able to, to see that, but, um, it's, it was, it, it was very introspective to walk through there. Um, feeling like, feeling almost like, you know, having heard the, the Robin Hood legends growing up that, that it was somehow it was like sacred ground that I was on, you know, um, and, and, and walking through those trees and, and just kind of being there in that moment that this is it. This is, this is the most famous forest I think I could, I could ever, you know, uh, imagine. Um, and it being the home, you know, to, to the legend. I think you're right um, that it is perhaps the world's most famous forest, isn't it, by association with Robin Hood? Yeah. Um, and uh, these trees are characters aren't they, in the landscape, aren't they? Yeah. No wonder in folklore they were seen as the the kings of the forest, because and, obvi- and obviously therefore the major oak is the king of kings, isn't it? Yeah. You know, because their size, their stature, their longevity, the way they looked, uh, just uh, full of character. No wonder they were seen as. Um, it's auspicious, you know, as omens for the primitive people living in the forest and you know, with you know, pre-Christian beliefs, uh, full of spirits. But yes, but what is left today at the country park is only a tiny fraction of, used to be a hundred times bigger Yeah. back in the days of Rome, didn't it? And one, uh, from 30 miles north to south, 10 miles east to west, this widest historical boundary, that was the uh, area of Sherwood Forest, like a Kite and diamond in the landscape, as it were. But such is the price of progress that over the centuries it's just been, well, decimated, hasn't it? Yeah. But still there, you're dead right with all the, there's patches of uh, the wood pasture and the heathland and the grassland and the moorland, which goes with the giant oak trees. And that's very much uh, the sort of landscape that Robin Hood would have seen, isn't it? So it does help up conjure the, the legend in your mind's eye. Yeah. And the imagination goes on its own adventure. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh, tapping into that. Quite a fine thing. You've got to pursue that, but it's there. And most people want to do that. Yeah. No, it's, it was... And that's uh, where Robin Hood lives, isn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, as, we, as you said earlier. Uh, it puts a smile on your face, doesn't it? Yeah, one, one of the one of the signs that that I think uh, it was one of the interpretive signs as I was as I was walking the trails, uh, I ran across they 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 talked about uh, the modern day outlaws um, of of Sherwood Forest, um, which were the birds and and squirrels and you know the the, the birds and mammals and, and those that live there now. The, you know the 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 woodland creatures um, were. were the modern day outlaws of, of, of Sherwood forest. And, and I appreciated that sentiment, uh, when I read that just because of, of how many forests I've walked through, you know, as, as, as a hunter, I mean, I, I, I think that's kind of the keen relationship with me and Robin hood is, is, you know, obviously the, the, the boyhood, charm of of you know 
living out in the woods, being, being free, <laughs> not having the parental, you know, <laughs> uh, coming down on you, but, but, but to just kind of live out that, uh, fancy at, at any time in my own mind as, as I walk through the woods, uh, in, in pursuit of, of a lot of the other outlaws that are out there, be they squirrels, be they birds, deer, hares, rabbits, you name it, you know, um, I, I, I really appreciate it. It spoke to me in a way that it was like, okay, you know, here, here I am kind of on, on, on sacred ground, you know, right now. And, and finally clicking in my mind that, that, you know, Hey, I'm, I, I'm, you know, amongst the, the outlaws here uh, as well now. And so, um, and, and may have been with the outlaws my whole life. Uh, I'm sure you were born to be an outlaw you know, <laughs> from a family of outlaws. It wouldn't surprise me, yeah. but I hear what you're saying and I can very much um, appreciate what you're saying. And without a doubt, um, there is a privilege, isn't there, going into the forest. I mean, that's why anyone goes there yeah. um, and to interact with nature and feel the you know, forest bathing it's called nowadays, isn't it? Good for mental health and yeah. physicality, et cetera. But um, yes, yeah, and if you have knowledge of the legend, plugging yourself into that. But also as a hunter for someone like yourself, um, you're going with, um, on an extra level as well, aren't you? you're interacting with the landscape more aren't you looking for its creatures etc yeah and that must really uh, it, it's be a catalyst intensify the experience a lot you've got your wits around you more rather than just sort of wandering around relaxing yeah and that's it, focused in on it yeah which is an interesting concept which uh, i'd love i love the concept of um yeah it's, it's one of the discussions i think uh, a lot of us hunters you know talk about is is you know being in the wilds in the zone um well it's 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 being a participant more than an observer um and so you know it, this goes back i mean even to roman era and all that other stuff where you know it's it's being a gladiator versus being an observer of the of the gladiator games or you know that it's it's that's kind of those the, that common theme that always goes along and so with with hunting i think because so few people do it um it it's there's not a 30 second elevator conversation to explain hunting you know um you can't just here's what it is. It's, it's, it's deeper, it's personal, it's, it's all those things. But, um, like I said, for me walking into, into those woods and, and just marveling at these giant trees and, and yeah, looking for the small details, looking for the tracks, looking for, you know, little game trails to see what, what's kind of using the areas or, or, or any of those things. It's, uh, bug life, you know, in a, <laughs> in a down tree and, and, and observing the birds and listening to them and, and just really soaking it in all, all becoming part of that for, I, I'm, I'm actually going to take that with me. I think, you know, for, for the rest of my life, knowing that, you know, I got to walk amongst Sherwood forest, um, you know, it, that'll, that little piece of that day will remain with me. I think, you know, moving forward, um, to, to, yes, I've been, I've been into Sherwood forest. I've, I've, I've stepped in, in the footsteps of, of the legend, uh, and, and seen it, uh, you know, it firsthand. It does tug on the old heartstrings, doesn't it? You yeah. Know, the emotion Sherwood forest does it really, there's so much a romance, um, around the, the whole thing as the stage for Robin Hood. Um, yeah. Much like sitting in a pub right now in Nottingham <laughs> with you, it's, 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 there's, there's a lot here, you know, to, to feel this feeling and, and to be here in this moment. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like 
deeply connecting. The pleasure is all mine, my friend. <laughs> it's a great conversation. It is interesting, isn't it? Because we're pursuing stuff here which is not, it's not really tangible, is it? But it's no. there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's having the, the belief in that, that that such a thing exists. That's, it's as simple as that, really, isn't it? That's where the magic is, isn't it? Yeah. With um, Robin Hood and with hunting uh, and any um, pursuit or focus of your interest. Um, but, but yeah, but with the, the legend, it speaks to the people of the world and it's a good message for the people of the world and it's current today as well, isn't it? Yeah. So that's my, obviously, my work, yeah. trying to um, understand the, the whole process of the evolution of the legend and work with it today. So in Sherwood Forest, I do a lot of work with kids on an adventure through the forest and for kids, primary school kids, you know, eight, nine to 12. It's about citizenship and green living kids. Um, so I sow the seeds of those through the, the telling of medieval life and Robin Hood legend, but getting the kids to understand the, the web of life, which you were discussing with the insects and the birds and seeing them, making sure they're part of that. That's, uh, so the more uh, ability I have, the more magic I can and bestow on these kids. Yeah. Ho hopefully they go away greener people. So yeah. that's part of the, uh, well, the idea behind my work. Right. Well, there's, there's, to me, it's just the legend was living in my mind as I'm walking around seeing different spots. Like there's one of the large oaks um, has become a, a, a giant hive um, for bees. Uh, it's, it's filled with honey. And so I, I just, you know, I imagine... It, the the imagery I have in my mind is Friar Tuck, you know, kind of <laughs> trying to extract this honey from this swarming bee tree to be able to make his 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 meads or or, or whatnot at the time, and um, you know, looking at, looking at trees uh, as I walk through there, you know, like which which tree would make the good uh, half staff, uh, you know, for for Little John, like <laughs> which tree would he be picking here, you know, like what it just. It, these characters living in my mind, swinging from branches, running through the, the glades. It's, it's, it, you know, it, it, it literally was a lot. And it's, it's like, I'm walking here in the legend in this sacred place and, and to know that I'm here, you know? Um, and, and then, like I said, here, here in Nottingham, I mean, it's it, the fact that there is still, it remains a position of sheriff of Nottingham uh, you know, is, is, is just, it's, it's great for me. But, uh, you know, also wanting to understand like, okay, the legend, the legend, as you said, is, is I think what, what makes it most important is that it was a legend, legendary hero or outlaw or whatever it needed to be for the people. Um, and, and, you know, it kind of, in, it captured their imagination. It, 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 there, there are a few heroes that do that. Um, you know, living, living or not, uh, you know, imaginary or not like they're, they don't, uh, live in much the same way. And that's where I, I, I'm always interested of, okay, where does, does Robin Hood just continue to be old and, and in the past, I mean, does he get left behind? And then, you know, I come across a, a gentleman like you who, you know, is, is encompassing those qualities and, and characteristics um keeping the legend alive moving forward for people you know to me that's that's hugely valuable the problem with robin hood in the 
modern day is that through lack of care and attention by the powers that be, this important symbol of the common people has been reduced to becoming almost a cartoon character, Men in Tights, which is a great film, by the way. Uh, but if that's all you get, then it's demeaning to this important yeah. concept, isn't it? And this is um, so Wolf Hem's character. He's a symbol of the spirit of the common people. Yeah. And essentially, he's a son of Nottingham in Sherwood Forest. So, I mean, that is... Wow, what a concept. Um, things are changing in this city, which is uh, good and insured for us, but certainly with my work, uh, obviously, it's leading the way. Um, and I'm no... It's my job to be Robin Hood, not to be an expert on Robin Hood. I am Robin Hood. You know, yeah. With all the work I'm doing, I forgot what I was actually the point of what I was pursuing here. What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I was just saying I, I appreciate, you know, like I said, where the fact that you still have Robin Hood alive and well today in the sitting of Nottingham um, and, and not being left in the past, that, you know, there, there still is that path forward that, that new generations will still hear the ballads and, and, songs and that, you know, uh, of, a, of a new age still carrying forward. Thank you. You're dead right. And this is the main thing behind the evolution of the legend. And Robin Hood's um, immortal. He's always going to be with us. He's always been reinvented. Right. And that's the key. The, um, Robin Hood is a reflection of the preoccupations of different societies and different points in time. He's always been reinvented in a slightly different way always borrowing bits of their previous stories, taking the best bits, weaving those into the legend. So... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recent films have done little um, justice for Robin Hood. Did you see the Taron Egerton movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little grittier, a little darker. Um, well, we'll put that on the... Yeah, <laughs> in the bin, I think, basically. <laughs> but uh, they just haven't done justice to it. Uh, the Kevin Costner movie was fantastic. Uh, great uh, action film, but the realism was pretty poor. There's a great one at the same time with Patrick Bergen. Mm -hmm. uh, have you seen that one? Yep which was more realistic. Um, but I'm an artist, I'm a historian, I'm an actor, so I'm seeing what I can uh, do on this pursuit of Robin Hood and uh, make him relevant for the world today in the city of Nottingham. It's an opportunity the city has missed. So there's just a real drive behind me to walk this path um, and see what I can do with it. It's quite reckless, really. But it's my one true path. Yeah. I've got to, got to see where it goes. But in that, well, there's the adventure. And they do say that it's the, uh, all about the journey, isn't it? Not the destination. Sure. <laughs> if, I, I think if, if uh, I've, I've watched, um, you know, some, some of your, your 
tours and all that stuff. And, and, uh, you do a, a great bit of, of sword play, um, you know, to, to, to help bring that to life. Um, and, and I know, uh, from my own history, um, I was, I was, uh, uh, in drama classes and stuff throughout high school and, and, uh, the, the sword definitely plays prominently within, um, uh, the theater stages, uh, a, a lot. Um, for me, I would, I would, like I said, I, I think if, if I were to give myself personally any bit of advice, it's, it's that archery component, you know, that I think has carried through, um, from from song and ballad to story and all that stuff that 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 has to stay a part of of you know Robin Hood of the of the 21st century and beyond um, you know uh, it's it's interesting because because hunting is has has really you know um, it's it's waxed and waned um, over the over the the time and um, I think a lot of hunters themselves feel you know like like man, I'm, I'm, you know, like a really serious minority, um, in, in a lot of places here in England, here at home and in, in, in America and, and stuff like that, that, um, you know, that, that component of, of Robin Hood, um, you know, w- was kind of one of those mainstays, um, that he just, you know, that the archery was it, you know, <laughs> like to, to, to be a, a skilled, skilled marksman and archer, um, that, that made him a good hunter, um, you know, to, to do what he did, um, was, was, I think just every bit about who he was, um, as much as everything else. But I, I, there, you are right. It's all those things that he stood for, um, you know, for, for all the common people, um, vastly, vastly important to the legend. The way you've spoken there so poetically and, uh, you know, romantically about, uh, what, hunters believe yeah. and uh, they're relating themselves to Robin Hood is exactly a great demonstration of how the legend developed over centuries. Yeah. Wishful romantic thinking like this, you know, um, how positive things are taken forward and seeing where you can go with that positive idea. Yeah. That's really the, the essence behind Robin Hood legend about progressive thinking. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it's wonderful that he's a composite hero. There are authors, experts, who have their own candidate for a, uh, say, uh, this is, uh, I believe this character here is the original Robin Hood. Yeah. And I have all the sort of the, the evidence to, which they're using to construct a theory they've already got to. Yeah. You know, but the problem with that is that there's so much um, conjecture painted into that picture that it just doesn't work. It's not a historical fact. So the idea that Robin is a composite hero is even better because it uh, makes him more of a blank canvas of a superhero. Yeah. And you're able to paint yourself into that blank canvas, aren't you? It, it also to ma- see yourself it, as that. It, it as al- Robin Hood. Yeah, it also makes it so you can never die. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the, the, the great, uh, greatest part of it, I believe. But you've got to wear tights as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm not sure you'd have to show me the the stories that have him wearing tights <laughs> well that's a um a construct isn't it um but the, oh, you mentioned about the hat as well the hat yeah so the the hat let's do the hat and the tights um they're a construct composite hero composite legend 
and the character has been realised through different imaginations at different points in time. So really, Ivanhoe, 1819, the first historical novel, massive bestseller, captured the world's imagination, but inspired children's storybooks. You know, chivalry, swords, battles, horses, castles, damsels in distress. And these children's storybooks had magnificent illustrations of real flamboyant characters, plucked from a romantic illustrator's imagination. You know, so none of the dirt and the grime and the black rotten teeth of medieval reality. <laughs> right. but real heroic figures skipping around the greenwood, fighting the sheriff of Nottingham in merry old England. Hurrah! And that's where you get the green tights from and the pea cat with a big feather in it. Oh. It's a cock of the north type idea. Yeah, it's romantic figures from a romantic illustrator's imagination. And those storybook images are perfect for stage. And so after Ivanhoe, at the turn of the century, 19th into the 20th, uh, plays and operas on Robin Hood are very popular in America and England. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, early 20th century, the fledgling film industry, one of the first themes they picked up on was Robin Hood. And there's around five or six films, I think, between the First World War, early 20s. And 1922 was Douglas Fairbanks as Robin Hood. And that was the most expensive movie ever made. Uh, but it was a silent movie. It was a black and white movie. But it was a, uh, well, the first main Robin Hood movie. But, of course, that pales into insignificance, doesn't it, against uh, Errol Flynn in 1938. Yeah. Yeah, Talking I, of green tights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure men in tights will live on. I knew there was a connection somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the hat I've, I've seen, oftentimes I've seen uh, you wear, uh, in some, some photos I've seen you wearing it, um, uh, and it's adorned with the feather, which is, I think, kind of what the... Probably dates back to the, the original, maybe the Disney film or whatnot, um, and, and it's, uh, what, what is the name of that hat is, is the, is the, it's the bicocket? A bicocket. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Correct. And the reason why it has that, that point in the front had to do with archery as well. Um, so I know that that, that, that point in the front allowed you to still pull the bow back, didn't interfere. Um, you know, uh, it, because there in the, in the time since that hat, I think originated, um, there are other hats, uh, and I think it's, it's seen a lot in Nordic and Germanic countries with, with some of the older hunters, um, that you'll see they, they, have, it's kind of a more smaller, more stylized, um, okay. version of it, um, that, that's still kind of in use because it, 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 it was a, a, from what I understand that hat was, it, it identified the outdoors. Um, and, and being outdoors and, and because outdoorsmen wore them or, or sometimes rich merchants or whatever, it was, it was a, almost a status symbol, um, of, of who you were and, and what you, what you did, you know, horsemen or outdoorsmen or, you know, that was, it was a very fashionable hat, I think in the, in the 15th century and, and all that. So that, that kind of coming around and, um, but even still today, um, it, it's, there's still reminiscent echoes of it um, out there in, in some of the European uh, hunting communities and things like that. Uh, I've, I, ha I have one uh, gentleman who I know um, that I've hunted with. He, he uh, I believe he originally, I can't remember if he came from Czechoslovakia or Poland, one of them, but he still wears one of those hats um, there in Arizona uh, uh, when he's out hunting, bear hunting and things like that. And so 
With a big fe- feather. It doesn't have the big feather. It's a small <laughs> feather, but, but not quite the, the long pheasant feather or, or whatnot coming out. Um, he wants to up the stakes, mate. A big feather. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, so, mine, uh, mine, that's fascinating. I wasn't aware it was so prevalent around the world, actually. That's uh, interesting. Thank you for that. Uh, mine's more of, uh, well, it's made by a mate who made the tunic. It's, so mine's not historically accurate in any way, my hat. Mm-hmm. It's more of uh, my costume is uh, more of the practicalities of the modern day, but an assimilation of what you would have seen in movies, etc. Right. Um, but it helps to give it a, almost a, a medieval, but a timeless quality. Yeah. You can't tie any particular part of it down to a particular point, yes, 15th century point in time, as it were. Right. Um, yeah, so that's my presentation, the, the, the timeless type character, isn't it? Right. Well, I mean, you, you certainly want to, you know, put and, it in the period for the, the folks, you know, that, that you're providing the tour for and, and yeah, provide yeah. some context. Yes, it is. Yeah, medieval, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then people with the words can make of it what they will. But in the same way, we've had some interesting conversations this afternoon, and um, the tour works in that way as well. It works. They understand what I'm, the story I'm telling about this, the, the, the city and Robin Hood, but also this, it works on a deeper level as well, which is why um, it affects people, which why I get great reviews on TripAdvisor, actually. Yeah. You know, it's uh, a bit of inspiration in the world in the modern day. Yeah. And the story's never changed, has it, you could say. And that's why it's relevant, isn't it? It's never changed with the, uh, the world going to pot, yeah, literally. No. This uh, consumer society, capitalist governments, destruction of the natural world, the finite resources. It's just disgraceful. Um, and really, it's the common people who pay the price, isn't it, for their for the failure of the powers that be in the modern day? Yeah, for issues. Uh, you know, uh, unemployment, losing their pensions, etc., homelessness, the failure of today's society. So the time has never been more important for people to plug into that fighting spirit in them, which is Robin Hood, isn't it? No. To stand up, fight the good fight. And uh, right a few wrongs, make the world a better place. That's the dream of Robin Hood, isn't it? <laughs> I, think that, I think that's the dream of everyone uh, yeah. in, in some ways. You know, if, 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 if only, you know, if, if only Robin Hood would show up, and if he can't, we ourselves need to, you know, show Find up. Find it ourselves, yes. He lives in our hearts and our minds as a champion of truth, hope, charity, justice, and freedom. Those are precisely the things that I think, uh, you know, that, that definitely carry on. Um, I, I, I read uh, one review um, of your show that, that stuck out with me, that, that uh, one of your tours that uh, uh, you stood for uh, the, the best of uh, anti-establishment that, that, that is Nottingham. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> can, yeah. can you see where that comes from, or almost? The yeah. Spirit? Wasn't it? He represents the represents the anti-establishment spirit of Nottingham. Right. Yeah. 
Me doing the Robin Hood Town Tour, it's been a real labor of love, but also a real albatross around my neck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, outside of the global formula of tours, which the Ghost Walk uses, which is Historic Town, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Ghost Walk, uh, no one else has made guided tours work on the streets of Nottingham. Um, but I have with the Robin Hood Town Tour. Uh, but there's been no real support from... So it's really been a real one-man endeavour. Yeah. Because uh, I've been, well, determined to prove I'm right. And I was right. Yeah. Uh, which is why and the people of the world have... It's not me saying that, it's the people of the world. You know, so... Um, and it's the ethos and the aesthetics of the legend lives on in this work I've been doing as a, an artist. I've been outside society, <laughs> fighting the good fight... <laughs> Um, to provide cement for the uh, the city and the people who come here looking for Robin Hood, right? Um, because otherwise there'd be little content here. And in a similar way, I do this work. Did you have you seen the Robin Hood statue? Yes. Funny story about that. That was a gift to the city in 1952 by a rich businessman who's concerned there's nothing to do with Robin Hood here. So it was a gift to the city, and that was the an important year for Nottingham and for England. It was a quincentenary of not even being granted a charter. It was also the year that uh, Queen Elizabeth II ascended the throne of England. But when it was unveiled for the first time, it was of national debate because people were saying, it looks nothing like Errol Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> Some people were outraged. But James Wood, for the sculptor, said that was his interpretation of an early medieval forester, as it were. Yeah. But yeah, so what I'm doing here is quite... Um, Unique. I'm not aware of any other city or country, town or city in England that has utilised either a folklore character or a historic character in the way that I'm doing to really fly the flag of the city. So it's an interesting uh, journey I'm on. Well, there's there's certainly uh, there's certainly no bigger name um, than Robin Hood. I mean, and and the fact, like I said, it's through that legend you know, or, or the many legends and, and many ways that it's been told, um, you know, the, the name Robin Hood, you know, you can, you can say Nottingham, you can say sure. Like it, they're so intertwined, um, together that they, you know, like I, until I had the perspective now that I do about, you know, um, actually visiting and going, okay, here's Nottingham, here's, here's, what's left of Sherwood, but to understand where Sherwood forest used to be and, and kind of getting that view and perspective, just, you know, the, the scale of it, um, is phenomenal. Sorry. My mind was completely elsewhere there somewhere, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, have you been to St. Mary's church? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have. What was the question again? Sorry. No, no, I just, I was surprised at the, at the scale until you're actually here, um, you know, the, the fact that, that all these things are Robin Hood, Nottingham, Sherwood Forest, that they're all tied together. Um, and, and, you know, you, you can't have one without the other almost, um, you know, for, to be Nottingham and not have, you know, the, 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 the hero, the archetypal hero and, and it, it still having the position obviously of Sheriff of Nottingham is, is quite interesting. Um, even though, you know, not, not with the same connotation today, but, but to not have a, uh, uh, a Robin Hood. Um, it is here, um, yeah. but it's a bit disparate, uh, spread out. Um, so part of the work that's going on now is to um, 
So there's been a, a glass wall between the forest and the castle, between the city and the county. Yeah. And so through sort of uh, eco-tourism, coach tourism, make sure we got a package together for uh, so people can do the uh, St. Mary's Church, the town tour, the castle, the forest. Um, so, but of course, COVID and Brexit, sure. notwithstanding, I mean, that's put the brakes on the whole world, doesn't it? Yeah. So there was a real sort of momentum going um, as part of Nottingham's two billion pounds regeneration to uh, really fix the Robin Hood conundrum. And, yeah, because Nottingham Castle recently has had a um, 30 million refurbishment. And so that's got real potential to get, sell the Nottingham story to the world. Uh, and so I think at Nottingham's time is yet to come. Uh, and, and I think that Robin Hood is leading the way with that because people want to believe, don't they? No. You know, and uh, I'm hoping that in some small way my work can help put him on, this, on the pedestal that he's, he deserves as a figurehead of culture and the environment for the 21st century. No. So, and, and, um, and that may be, it, like I said, to me, to me you know, to, to tie some loose ends together, um, I believe it's the, I can't remember um, the organization, the Royal... Uh, Preservation Society of Birds, is that right? Am I... RSPB, yes. Yes, yes. Um, the Royal Society of Preservation of Birds um, manages Sherwood Forest. Um, you know, Robin Hood, possibly the 21st century, for any of those of my listeners out there listening or whatnot, certainly we as hunters pride ourselves on conservation and being conservationists. Hunting is conservation. Much in the same way Aid here is is trying to conserve the legend of Robin Hood here in the city. Um, but like I said, the, the intertwinedness of, of Robin Hood, Nottingham, and and the forest um, can equally be displayed by us. Our our, our own Robin Hood um, at home, everywhere in the world, doesn't matter where you are, but, but being the Robin Hood of conservation um, moving forward, whether you're an archer, whether you're a gun hunter, <laughs> I, a lot of romanticism with archery, but, but, you know, Robin Hood of the future could definitely stand for standing up for those outlaws of the forest, for wildlife, for conservation, for trees, for those things that, that we're losing the most of, um, certainly. Um, and so that would be my two cents on it. Um, I, 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 like I said, I, I love that, that at least that, that last segment, um, of Sherwood that that's available to the public and, and out there, you know, about a, about a thousand acres or so, um, is, is being conserved. And, and like I said, still is, still is having its life, um, that you can, you can visit and, and walk through and see, um, you know, today. I love your uh, end piece. That's good. And I agree. I mean, no matter what, what your walk of life, but certainly as a hunter, yes. As you go and seek adventure and the spirit of unity with the, with the universe, you know, you can really... The uh, problem is about being a good person. It's about um, respecting the world around you, isn't it? Yeah. It's a similar tool for empowerment to be a better person in the world today. So whatever your pursuit, you should do it with your eyes open. You know, stick to your guns, fight your corner. Um, 
And you use Romney to interact in the world in a better way, isn't it, really, to be a better person? Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I'm trying to do. It's such a simple thing. But I do feel that the universe is behind me and it is um, guiding me on my way on this quest. And it's interesting you should uh, get in contact, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's no, been I, a good conversation just, where just two reach. minds have met, <laughs> completely different walks of life. But nonetheless, we're essentially singing from the same hymn book, aren't we? Yeah. You know, so we're, we're uh, certainly fans of Robin Hood, and and <laughs> so all you people out there listening to this, plug in, tune in to Robin Hood. All right, the future will be ours. <laughs> Thank you, Aid. I, I appreciate your time today. Um, uh, it, it's it's been a, a real treat and treasure to talk to you today. It's been great fun, and I thank you. Thank you, Aid. I really appreciate it, and thank you, folks, for listening. Um, uh, we'll see if if the England tour continues or uh, uh, or if I end up back at home. <laughs> they decide to kick me out. All right, uh, we'll talk to you soon.